Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled, How'd You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Stephanie Thompson-Simmons, who is a Strategy and Operations Program Manager at ServiceNow. Hi, Stephanie. Lovely to have you on the show. Hi. Nice having Well, thanks for having me. Um, so nice I guess we can start off with a quick introduction about who you are and perhaps an answer to the question of the show, which is, how'd you do it and why should I care? So my name is Stephanie Thompson Simmons. As we uh, mentioned, I am a strategy operations program manager with ServiceNow. Uh, only been there for about seven months. Prior to ServiceNow, I was a manager with Deloitte Consulting. Uh, have been doing that for the past seven years, uh, leading implementations of uh, cloud applications, um, SaaS applications, uh, doing organizational and change management, just a little bit of everything um, for the federal government practice um, based out of the Washington, D.C. area. Um, I think (laughs) why you should care and, you know, how do you do it? Why should you care? Um, I feel like I am one of the unicorns of the tech industry because I actually went to school for information systems and have done tech uh, straight out of college and kind of went through the ranks. Um, So I started out as a systems engineer. And then, you know, I that was more like a tier three development level of the help desk where I was. And I started to be a part of project teams and them vetting which enhancements they should have. And that made me ask questions like, well, why are we building stuff that is broken? You know, like why, if they're having these issues, why are we even revisiting it now? And that made me go get my master's degree in project management. And I switched to the functional side, became a business analyst did that then, um, which is some people kind of call product managers now. Um, and then naturally became a project manager um, with a smaller company and then became senior project manager, program manager. And I said, well, am I really that? Um, let me go back to a big company. And that's where I um, got into Deloitte. And that lasted seven years, you know, And but as a Black woman in tech, I have experienced so many adversities as well as wins because my I believe my resume and my expertise is very um, quality and, and unique. It has a lot of um, heavy hitters on it, but still it's always a struggle even once you get into those organizations that you realize how hard it is to climb. So I'm, I'm proud of my success and you know I wear my wounds proudly and I like to make sure that I'm open up the same opportunities for everybody else. Um, especially women and women of color. Mm, That's really awesome that you're sort of a pioneer for women in tech, and I really like that. And so my follow-up to that is sort of what inspired you to join the tech industry? Because as you know, there aren't that many women in STEM, and it must have been hard not seeing somebody who looked like you up in that field. And that's exactly why I did it, right? Um, being in those rooms, knowing what it would felt like to be the only woman. Then when I started to become a leader, knowing what it's like to still be the only woman. Now I'm a black woman. Then I was younger than some of the people. So, you know, I just really had to navigate a lot of different um, industries, different teams, different cultures. So when I became uh, a manager and I was able to lead people, I knew that I had to use my voice. Like I, I knew that 
I have an opportunity now to help build a cult- culture for them, to help cultivate new experiences or good experience for that experience for them, and also provide resources and help, you know, as I can see fit, as well as coaching and mentoring, you know, because I didn't really get that. Mm-hmm. I had to just, you know, kind of figure it out on my own, but I would love to be, you know, somebody that people can look up to, to say, oh, wow, she's in this organization. She's in this position. Let me, you know, get whatever I can get from her so I can, you know, learn smart, not hard. (laughs) No, that's really awesome. And yeah, once again, you're so like brave and I really admire your courage for doing that. Um, And what would you say were the best resources then that helped you along in your journey? You obviously mentioned that you went through the traditional tech route by studying at a university and then coming, working your way up through the pipeline. Um, I would say now what has helped me the best resources that I've had, um, one has been um, networking, right? Um, And consulting is a networking business. Um, You will not be able to succeed, move up, get new programs, you know, projects and things like that, opportunities without putting yourself out there. And I think that's really was one of the, the best opportunities for me was to, to know how to actually navigate my career through yeah. pitching myself often. Um, and I would say the resources that I used were, you know, the people that I admired. If I want, if I saw someone speak, I loved the way their energy was, or, you know, I would reach out to them or I would find out how to reach out to them. You know, I would, if I saw a new appear or, you know, I would send an email, Hey, does anybody have a connection? Can you introduce me to this person? Because I just want five or 10 minutes with them. So I could just, you know, be in, be in, um, I guess their pipeline or in their graces to understand how how they were able to be who they were. I also think um, outside of traditional school, a lot of things like LinkedIn is, has been very helpful for me. Um, over the pandemic, Clubhouse has been a, a huge um, navigation and networking tool for me. Um, and that's actually pivoted allowed me to pivot and get more opportunities with other interviews with companies that I would have never dreamed of um, hearing from, as well as um, apps like Blind and um, Fishbowl, you know, those types of things where I can, you know, you have to fish through what's real and what's fake, but it's actually helping you understand, oh, there's other people who are like me who are going through the same things and let's talk, let's talk about it, you know, and to just get outside of that you know, just your coworker talk. Like, let's see what people in other companies are doing to help solve problems or help them get acclimated into their culture. That's really awesome. And it's great that you found, you know, these apps, uh, you know, typically like Clubhouse, which I didn't think could be used for business related activities to really leverage that to your own. And I really admire that. That's really awesome. Um, and um, following on from that, you obviously said that your network is one of the most important things to you. And in consulting, especially, you hype, like emphasize that. But I'm curious, were there any lessons that you wish you would have known before joining your industry? Was there anything that the people you spoke to didn't tell you about that you wish you would have known? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it would have, you know, speak, speak what you need. I think prior to going to Deloitte, I just came and did my job. You know, I didn't advocate for myself. If I saw a role or a position, I kind of just waited for somebody to tap me on the shoulder to say, hey, come do this. Um, And I tell people all the time, if I could have started as an analyst out of college in consulting, I probably would be 100% further in my career because uh, by the time I got to consulting, I had at least been working for about 10 years. So while I came with a lot of experience and knowledge, I literally had to start all over 
Mm. Again, it was like freshman year on campus um, <laughs> and having to figure out which auxiliary groups you're going to get in. Did I pick the right major? You know, like that's really what it felt like. And so and that's actually the example that um, one of my friends used to me. And she said, you know, I'm in a sorority. So she used that as an example. She said, you have to work this place like you want the sorority to notice that you're on campus. And mm-hmm. that was one of the best you know, pieces of advice for me. OK, I have to put myself out there. I'm going to put time on your calendar for coffee. If you cancel, I'm going to keep putting it on till you actually, you know, want to meet with me. Um, and that I think that's just really the lesson that I learned is um, how to be resilient in that aspect. And, you know, knowing that people actually want to help you be successful and they don't mind the time. If you come prepared, you know what you need from them or what type of opportunities that you're looking for and they provide them and you excel and you show that, then the sky is the limit. And I think that's really what I had to learn and understand that if I keep quiet, I'm not going to get these opportunities because yes, my work speaks for myself, but if nobody knows I want to do something else, then they're not going to offer it to me. Yes, and that's a really important message to sort of speak out. And especially for those who are just starting out in their industries, I think that's great advice. Like, don't be afraid to speak out, even if you, even though you may be yeah. just an intern or, you know, a junior level, you know, your opinion matters in the company. Yeah, that's really awesome. And um, as you mentioned, um, you learned a lot from your career. I'm just curious as to what was your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? <laughs> I, I would say um, my biggest failure would be, and like I said before, settling. You know, I, I think initially when I started out um, at Deloitte, I didn't take the go get them approach initially. I sat back, I waited for someone to tell me what they wanted me to do. You know, I I didn't necessarily hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. And I think with that, you know, and and also I wasn't doing the networking piece well. Um, And one of the biggest things that I got is, you know, I had a manager at one point basically, you know, blame me for all the things that were failing. And I couldn't defend myself because I didn't network. Nobody else knew me and nobody else knew what I was doing. So that's why I was the easy blame, an easy target, because I hadn't done what I was supposed to do to share the type of work that I was doing for the organization, to reach out to, you know, the partners or the senior managers above me and just, you know, get to know them and, and things like that. So nobody else knew my work ethic. And that was like the first time in my whole career that I ever received like what they call like a performance plan. And, you know, I thought my world was over, but then Mm -hmm. I had to come back and look at it like, well, this was your fault. You trusted this one person and you thought this one person had your best interest. And, you know, they did. And that's what I always share with everybody. It's okay if you are right out of college and you have a manager, but if they have a manager, get to know them. Like if people in the organization that they lead want to know the people who are on the ground and, and, and they want to know what people are doing. They want to know people's opinions. And that's like the biggest thing that I've learned. Like, you know, I can, like you said, like I even said before, you have a voice. Not necessarily I'm going to go and complain, but I want to talk to you about your goals and your aspirations. I'm going to share with you my expertise and what I've done previously. Mm-hmm. You know, because without that, you would have no idea. Um, it was funny because I had a client once um you know, she, I guess she thought that, I don't know what she thought my ability was. She couldn't come to a meeting one day and I had to leave the meeting. 
and she joined late and she said, oh my gosh, you're really good at leading meetings. I should have you doing this more often. I looked at her like, you know, it was, it was a, you know, she never allowed me to do that. That was also, a, I never put myself in a situation to show her that I really could be doing this by myself, but I was allowing her to do it. Like, that's what she wanted to do. So why speak up and say, hey, I can take this off of your plate, but, you know, always offer because even if somebody says no, or they say, you know, not right now, when yeah. time gets rough and tough, they're going to come back to you. Mm, no, for sure. And that's really great advice. You know, if they say no now, it doesn't mean that in the future they might not want things come, things come back. So it's always important to really value your work relationships, I would say. I agree. Yeah. And um, you've been dropping sort of gems of advice throughout this whole call, but I'm curious as to what would be one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who was wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Um, I would say figure out now what it is that you want to do. I think what consulting told me was like the world is my oyster. You know, like I could I could switch from tech. I could have went to advisory. I could have, you know, if I wanted to go to cyber, I could have went to human capital if I want to do more like the change management stuff. But I didn't have to either. I could sit in the tech space and I can find what I wanted that gives me a little bit of everything. And I think, you know, knowing what you want and is is really the best part. And what we would call it typically is your brand. Mm -hmm. It's what do I want somebody to call Stephanie for? Are they calling Stephanie? Like, and at one point I felt like my brand was difficult clients. And I said, I don't want people calling me just to deal with difficult clients. I need to figure out how to pivot. And that's always that check is what are people calling me for? You know, and Mm -hmm. even asking around, what do you think that I'm known for? What do you think that I'm good at? And understanding what lane you're in. I, I think a lot of us fail we feel like a failure because we're not going on the path that people also perceive us as, yeah. you know, like you could be a, a great singer, but somebody can say, but you're not good enough for mainstream. Like you're good enough for this type of, but you have to receive that and figure out, okay, what is, is it that I need to do to, to improve? And that's when, when you're networking, you're talking to people, help me navigate to the, where I want to be mm-hmm. versus just taking whatever it is, you know, like you want to be, um, um, what is it? The Jack is Jack of all trades and master right. of none. Like that's, that's, that's really not what you want to do. And, and professional because you want people to come to you for something specific yeah. and not necessarily, um, for, for everything. Cause then that's when you get burnt out and that's when you're tired. And if it's something that you don't want to do, you feel scared to say, I don't want to do this because somebody that you respect asks you. So I always say, you know, make sure that you check with yourself. What do you want to do? Speak that when you're, you're networking, you're saying, and don't, and, and you have, sometimes you have to stop and don't take it just because somebody is offering, you know, say, no, this is really, isn't what I'm interested in. I will, if you have this opportunity, reach out to me. Mm, no, definitely. That's a really useful piece of advice because I feel like for a lot of people who are just starting out in their career, they want to take on as much as possible. You know, they really want to impress managers and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you've also got to be passionate about what you're doing as well. And yeah, you can't I, yeah, and that's but that's how you gain your passion too yeah. by by you know going to seek what it is. Yeah, and that's why I said I wish I could have been an analyst at Deloitte or at a consulting firm because there is no expectation yet. Mm. It, Come in, learn whatever you can learn. Like I said, it's just like that first day at campus. You can change your major. You can figure that. You can figure that part out. But me coming in more and as a leader, and then being a leader, I 
have to be known for something. It is too late for me to try to figure that out. And if I'm making a, a pivot, it has to be very strategic and I have to be able to explain why this is my strategic move for people to back me on it. Mm-hmm, definitely. And then finally, to conclude about your career, what would you say is one common myth about your industry that you would like to debunk and why? And why? Um, I would say one, that they're... That they're is a need for you to have to have um, a technology background to work in tech. tech. Um, one of my previous managers that I've had, he was used to be a cop. Um, one of the last people that I brought on my team before I left consulting, she um, was in pharmacy school and didn't like it, then went and learned some coding and got some certifications. And, you know, so it's, it, it's like, you have to figure out what your story is and understand where what your story is and then be able to sell that. Mm-hmm. Like how I got the job of ServiceNow is I was implementing ServiceNow in a consulting space. Um, even when I left, they're like, you're on the partner track. Why are you leaving? And I said, well, I'm going to go work for one of our large partners. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I need to build, if I'm building a brand or I'm building a business, if I ever want to come back, I now have internal experience. I have connections inside of this company that we are using. So I can come back with, with more knowledge from an internal perspective versus just being that external uh, affiliate with the company. And I can come in and I can lead I can lead a part of that pipeline or lead that business. And, you know, nobody could say anything about that. It wasn't, oh, I want more money or, you know, it wasn't that. It was I saw a path. I saw this is what I need to do to help understand what it is to be the vendor and mm. not just, you know, the partner implementing. And that's, and that's really, that was the decision that I had to make. And that's where I am. And that's, you know, that's how I got here. Mm, no, that's really awesome. And um, I'm sure you're already busy at the moment, but what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? Wow. So I have done a lot of, um, I haven't been able to like read, um, but I, I've, I've, I'll sign up for like every type of conference, you know, that I can possible. Um, so a lot of it has been mostly like mini sessions on um, just being successful at, at work. The last conference that I went to was actually last week. It was sponsored by Power at Fly. It was their Pride at Work conference. And um, one of the sessions that I um, listened to, this young lady was talking about her app that she built. And um, I don't want to mess it up. Hold on one second. It was called Black Remote She. And it was just about she built a, a application that was a safe space for for women to you know know what companies accept them and make them feel comfortable, as well as people who might identify um, as LGBTQ plus who you know want to know what companies or remote opportunities and things like that to help them feel safe. Um, because even when we were home at the pandemic, we think that we're in our space, but there were some people who their home wasn't a safe space for them. Um, to work. And so I thought that was really powerful as that's, you know, how you took a spin on that to for a for a niche market to help build a safe space for people that are looking for work where being at home might not be feasible for you. Wow, what an interesting idea. And that's really awesome that you had the opportunity to sort of hear her speak as well about her, her app. 
Um, so I'm also curious, you mentioned the power of your network slightly earlier and, you know, the amazing links and connections that you've made on LinkedIn. But I'm wondering who are three people in your life who have been the most influential to you? Three people. Wow. OK. Um, most influential, I would I would say um, I can kind of give them as a, a double, but my parents, <laughs> uh, but my dad also was in the tech space. So um, between him and my mom. Outside of me doing this natural tech um, path in college, um, every school that I went to had a technology focus. So from elementary school, there was a technology component. I was working on Mac, at Mac computers in first grade. Um, yeah, even to my high school, the program that I was in was a science and technology program. And it was built similar to college where you pick the track. Um, like it could be, and it was like the, the AP classes and stuff like that, but you could do coding, chemistry, biology, you know, but still at the college level engineering. But I, I appreciated that because they always kept me, you know, in what was in the now, you know, and it wasn't very hard for me to figure out where I wanted to go um, professionally. I did want to do um, psychology for a little bit but psychology and tech didn't go together. They might now, right? But <laughs> at the time, I didn't know how to marry the two mm. majors. Um, outside of that, I would say um, influential. Um, wow, this is difficult because there's so many people. Um, I, I would say one of one of my, um, my, my friends, her name is uh, Fola Shade Butler, um, and we have actually known each other since college. Um, we were in a sorority together. We're in the same sorority. And she actually worked at Deloitte with me. Um, and she just was very instrumental in helping me find my voice. You know, mm -hmm. like it would get, th throw things in my lap, um, you know, give me opportunities, introduce me to new people. And, you know, and also she was like that check. You know, like that that person that checked me like, hey, you're, you're dragging a little bit or I think you should do this, even to the point where, you know, at the end of the year, we have to write up our um, statements of what we did for us to get promotions and stuff. And I would send her my stuff and she's like, you were way more awesome than that. And sometimes she would rewrite it, you know, like, but that's, that's the type of thing that you need, like a tribe, people to help enforce, you know, that because I noticed, you know, we won't talk ourselves up. We, we're trying to be modest. We don't want to seem like we're coming overconfident, over um, zealous of what we've done. Um, but, you know, you need people like that. And I think the the last person that I would definitely say is my wife. Um, she is my my true champion and, um, you know, and just partner in life. Um, she actually is super excited that I'm no longer in consulting because she feels like I'm a human now, mm -hmm. but even still, you know, before that it was, you know, always, always supportive. I had to do networking events or, you know, things like that in the evening um, and just, you know, whatever it is that I want to aspire to do if I'm switching industries, just, you know, she's always there and, and supports whatever my decisions are. And just, you know, if I have an interview or something, she's sending me a text, like you got it, you know, that mm -hmm. type of thing. And just, 
it's just always really good to know that you have a partner and somebody that's that's rooting for you and is, and just really wants you to to be able to do whatever it is you want to do. And even I came to her recently and said, well, some of these positions are in other states. And she was like, well, when are we moving? You know, so Aww, it, you know, like it's really good to know that you have somebody that that doesn't want you to dim your light and is just ready to ride along with you no matter what. That's so lovely. And then finally, to round off our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? Um, I would say, you know, it's okay to take a break. I think um, it's probably what it is. I uh, <laughs> I have two master's degrees, a whole lot of certifications, um, you know, and always try to strive to be... Um, I guess the leader or the forefront and just, you know, giving my all. And a lot of times my body tells me to stop. And so, you know, it's, it's okay to take a break. You know, it's okay to say, no, I don't have the bandwidth. It's okay to, to say no, if it's something that you've been doing 500 times and you just don't have the energy for it right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's okay to say, to say, no, thank you. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to take that PTO and don't take your computer with you, you know, like go home, turn the, turn the phone off. You know, I think that's really the key thing that I have learned, especially, you know, now being at home is you had to balance it out before when you walk through the door, you can say, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But when you're at home, it's like, okay, I got one more thing, you know, to do, but it's like, no, take a break, go work out, go, you know, you have an hour or two hours before your next meeting, go get on a bike or something like that. You know, just just take a break and keep yourself sane and healthy because that's really what is going to get us all through any of this is, is, is doing that and respecting your space and your peace. Definitely. And what a lovely note to finish on. So thank you so much, Stephanie, for taking the time to speak with me today. It was absolutely lovely to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Layla. I appreciate it. All right, then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.